1: Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Uh, I wanted to let everybody know it's a big day. You're tuning in. We're talking about the New Hampshire primaries today. And uh, what it's going to mean for Donald Trump versus Nikki Haley. It's a two man race, two person race. And then you also have the Biden factor, which is, you know, the Democrats did not sanction this primary. Um, And at one point, the DNC was actually really underplaying what this even meant. And they were kind of trying to tell people that it was meaningless. They got a lot of pushback for that. And now they are attempting to convince voters to write in Joe Biden's name. Now, Dean Phillips is one of the Democrats running against Joe, along with Marianne Williamson and a few others. And he's been all over Fox. He's been really making a push. He, he I think he spent a lot of money on ads. And I am team Dean. I'm rooting for him. I hope he wins. I think it'd be really funny and embarrassing for Joe, as Adam Kinzinger, my favorite Republican, and and apparently Kevin Morris's favorite Republican as well, would say, "I'd like to see Joe Biden's face turn red from embarrassment if he lost." I don't think his face would turn red because I, I think he'd have to know There's that he lost.
1: No such thing as embarrassment for Joe
0: Biden. Speaking of Joe. 617's texting in and said, I'm not convinced Hunter is the artist for all paintings with his signature. The first works done with the straw, I do believe were by Hunter. The style seems to have changed. And I've been questioning for a while if all of them were painted by Hunter. Hey, 617, how dare you? You're questioning the honesty and the integrity of the artist known as how Hunter Biden? You. Wow. You should be ashamed of yourself.
1: Man, imagine buying a knockoff Hunter Biden painting. Oof, that's an embarrassment right there. (laughs) Yeah, you find out- That's not going to help you get any hostages out of Gaza.
0: You find out he didn't even paint it. You're like, well, what good is it now? By the way, I didn't expect all of the tweets and texts that we received when we did the poll question. People are really animated about the social security issue. I don't blame people because I'm 31. So for me, it feels so- So far off that it's hard for me to really worry about it. But I will say this. My parents are at the age where they're getting closer to being able to get their social security. And I guess the way I feel is there is a segment of our population here in the United States that seems to always get. I can't think of fancier terms here, so I'm just going to say what I'm thinking. They seem to always get screwed over. They, they try to do the right thing. They, they they try to, unlike Hunter Biden, unlike Kevin Morris, they pay their taxes, they follow the law, and they get nothing for it. They're always getting screwed over. And then to tell those people, hey, actually, well, we know he said 65. And technically, you could do it at 62. But now we're going to say 70 just feels so wrong.
1: Have a little bit of breaking news. Nikki Haley apparently said she will not drop out even if she loses today.
0: So I wouldn't think she would. I would think that she would stay in until at least South Carolina, which I also yeah. don't think is going to be a great showing for her, especially considering so many people in South Carolina who would typically support the governor, the former governor who's running for president, have already voiced their support for Donald Trump. Um, another thing I wanted to add in here. There's a piece today in the l a Times, and oftentimes we'll talk about how people are leaving California and they're moving to Texas to um new hampshire that 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 happens occasionally um, and to Florida, Florida's a big one and we talked about this yesterday because there was a story out of Oakland where. Gavin Newsom, he was, you know, taking a victory lap over the fact that Ron DeSantis dropped out of the presidential race. And then other people were saying, why don't you focus more on your state where, you know, an in and out in Oakland can't stay open because of all of the crime that's occurring in that area. And so because of that story, we were talking about California and how people are leaving in droves. And it happens every year. We get the U-Haul statistics. We find out people are leaving. Well, there is an editor at the L.A. Times And he's not upset about the factors that are causing people to leave. You know, the crime, the high taxes, the feces on the street. That is not what's bothering this editor. What's bothering this editor is that people who leave California talk smack about it once they leave. I'm going to read you just a little bit of this. This is from Fox, and they take out a couple of key lines from this piece. It's by Paul Thornton, and he's asking Californians... To stop criticizing the state on their way out. To the people leaving California, may the road rise to meet you as you seek better lives in new places. Now, can you please extend some goodwill to those of us who remain? That's how this piece is headlined. If you want to leave, fine, but don't insult California on the way out. Now, I would actually disagree. I understand, Jared, why people say, if you don't love it, leave it. Like, stop complaining. Stop complaining about how bad things are. You might say that about oh, people who live in New York, you know? Yeah, it stinks. And yeah, there's a lot of crime. And yeah, they're, they're telling your kids they have to learn remotely so they can bring in illegal aliens into the schools. But you live there. So deal with it. Either move or, or figure something else out. But if you decide to move, I think that's kind of part of the deal. As you're leaving... And so you do get to criticize on your way out because you left. You left and you get to explain why. Right. Like if I moved to New Hampshire, we have people all the time who call in for when we have Toby on, which we're going to have him on in the next segment, and they call in and, and they're always so proud to say, I used to live in Massachusetts and now I live in New Hampshire. And you can just hear, you know, you can just hear them gloating the, the way they say it. They just really want to rub our faces in it. But if I dealt with the issues in California for a certain amount of years and I gave it the good college try and I hoped and I prayed that things would turn around and then eventually I packed up all my stuff and I left. You are going to hear me talk about it. I'm going to explain to people why I left, why it was so bad, why I had to get out. So this is what the the Paul Thornton, the writer, says. More than 800,000 Californians moved away in 2022, and many thousands more left last year. Often, the departees, cash in hand from the sale of their $1 million bungalows, feel the need to express disdain for their home state, and even some anger, too. Okay. As is their right! Since when are you not supposed to do that? California is big, big. Powerful and therefore tempting to disparage. We have 39 million people. This state is a haven for reproductive and LGBTQ plus rights, but income disparity and in the housing crunch are critical problems we have to fix for progressive ideals to match the reality on the ground. If you must leave California for Texas, Arizona, New England, or anywhere else, don't be a person who trash talks the home of 39 million people, he pleaded.
1: Boo-hoo. The L.A. Times also is in the middle right now of gigantic layoffs. Apparently 94 people were laid off today. They're expecting 115 or so by the end of the day.
0: Do you think they'll tell those people, hey, don't trash talk us if right. you're on your way out to your new, your new life. Don't trash talk the L.A. Times. That, that's just not how things work. You pack up your stuff. You get the U-Haul. You leave. You should tell people about it. Because you know what, Jared? The people who leave California, and the same thing happens in New York. I like hearing from people who left because they wanted it to succeed. Like, they, they're... they Sure, it's easy for me to criticize California. I don't live in California. I never have. But if you're someone who grew up there, if you're someone who vacationed there, and, and you lived there for a period of time, and you really wanted it to work, and you didn't want to move... You have a better argument to make than most. You can actually lay out how you are bummed that it didn't work and you wish things were turned around. But according to this L.A. Times writer and other people, we're just all supposed to put our heads in the sand and pretend everything's fine. Like, oh, if you don't talk about it, this is this is the liberal way of thinking. If, if the if the right would just stop talking about things, then the problems would cease to exist. Remember that um, that reporter had said that to greg abbott at one point like you guys just keep talking about the open border as if that was the reason that we have an open border because republicans won't stop talking about it it's still going to be open if grace Curley doesn't sit here and talk about it that's not the issue in the same way as the people trash talking and i'm using air quotes because that's kind of a ridiculous thing to say but the people trash talking california that's not california's biggest problem don't worry about the people who are talking smack Worry about the human feces in the open-air drug markets and the syringes on the sidewalk. Make that your number one priority. And then worry about what people are saying behind your back.
1: I'm sure the uh, Oakland Athletics aren't going to talk smack about Oakland at all when they move to Las Vegas <laughs> in
0: two years. No, I'm sure they won't. 4242 Oh, speaking of California, should we play a little bit of this debate last night? We've been talking about how there's this race for diefies open Senate seat. And it's coming down to now we have Adam Schiff, Steve Garvey, the baseball legend, uh, Barbara Lee, who was actually in the news last week for a story she told to Caitlin Collins about a racist encounter she had in the Capitol. And who am I forgetting? Oh, Katie Porter. And Steve Garvey had a pretty great moment with Adam Schiff, where he called him out for lying to the American people. Can I have that cut, Jared?
1: Californians who are visiting other states. Thank you, Thank you Congressman. And that have to decision would be dangerous,
2: Mr. G- Mr. Garvey or Garavito. Yes. I-, I think you've been censored for lying. You I was censored by for mouth. standing up to and a corrupt president. This is president exactly Mr. what I'm same talking about. Let, 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 let you Mr. Garvey stand Mr. Garvey's turn. Let him
1: go.
2: Or trying to determine who we are by race or by color or by gender. They never listen. They have
1: prearranged words to say.
0: Yeah, it got a little bit better. I- I'm going to be real with you, Jared. Steve Garvey doesn't have the oomph factor for me. It took him too long to get everything out.
1: Oh, I mean, he, he's, he's 76. Yeah, well. I mean, when you get owned by a, a former MLB player, and this is not a knock on MLB players, but you get, like, knocked, you get handled by a former MLB player. That's rough if you're Adam Schiff.
0: Yeah, and this is where he handled and This is cut eight. Thank you, Mr. Garvey. All
1: right, we're going right, to insist it. on answering. I'm right. just called a liar by Mr. Garvey. Okay, 30 Mr. seconds. Mr. Garvey, I was censured for standing up to a corrupt president. And you know something? I would do it all over again. Because that corrupt president, that president who's been indicted with 94 felony, 91 felony counts, that president that you won't refuse to support... Yeah, he's a danger and I will stand up to him and Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan and any of those maga enablers of his in the Congress. The reason why our democracy is in trouble is because folks don't have the courage to stand up when they need to.
2: Okay, thank you very much. Sir? We're going to keep we're going to keep we're going to keep let moving. Me, let me just heap that. <laughs> my name. All right. R- real quick. Sir, you lied to 300 million people. You can't take that
1: back.
0: Yeah, Garvey's absolutely right. Like, I don't care how pure you think your intentions are, or how righteous you think you are. We can we can argue that all day long about what Adam Schiff was trying to do when it came to Donald J. Trump and, you know, creating that parody script and lying over and over again. But if you lie, you lie. This is like Fauci. Like, oh, it's a noble lie. I was doing this because the ends justify the means or because the cause was to get Trump. You still lied. You're not supposed to lie to people, period. As AOC would say, period, full stop. 844-500-4242. When we come back, we'll take all your calls for Toby Leary. Don't go anywhere.
1: The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. It is Tuesday, and it is 2 o'clock. That means it's time for Two Way Tuesdays with Toby Leary. Toby, thank you so much for joining the show today. And uh, But the first thing I wanted to ask you, Toby, is just give us any updates on what's happening here in Massachusetts. I know today we're focused a lot on New Hampshire. Obviously, the Second Amendment is very important to the voters there. But there's a lot of legal battles surrounding the Second Amendment in Massachusetts. So can you give people a little update.
2: Yeah, thanks, Grace, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada, where the 2024 SHOT Show is underway, and I'm around a lot of like-minded people right now, so that, that's exciting. It's the biggest industry trade show in the world, and uh, so 14 miles of booth. So anyway, um, but to answer your question, um, we have a unique opportunity right now because it seems like the Senate is pushing back a a little bit on this H4139 in the state of Massachusetts. Um, We have maybe just a little bit more time uh, than we originally thought, but that doesn't mean we can fall asleep at the wheel. We need to call our state senators and urge them to uh, not engage in any of the nonsense as with H4139 that omnibus bill that's the biggest thing i just wrote my uh state senator julian sear last week uh urging him to be the voice of reason he has a unique opportunity in his party where he could stand up and not participate in all the nonsense going on uh you know with H4139 and really could just say hey guys this is unconstitutional we can point to a lot of Supreme Court decisions, plus a lot of federal court decisions in recent history in the past couple of weeks, even as recently as a couple of weeks that says what we're proposing is unconstitutional. So are we really going to drag the citizens of Massachusetts through the mud with their money, their time, hiring lawyers, you know, uh, jamming up our court systems for something we know isn't going to stand the test of time. Unfortunately, I, I kind of know the answer to that rhetorical question but call your state senators write your state senators email your state senators and troll them on social media and tell them you vehemently oppose any version of h4139 it is a bogus bad unconstitutional bill and it should never see the light of day it shouldn't be voted on i hope that the senate is delaying because they have you know are taking the high road on this and realize this was a knee-jerk reaction, a temper tantrum by the by the House of Representatives in response to, you know, the Heller decision and the Bruin decision and, and uh, courts ruling favorably for freedom and not uh, gun control. So that's really the, the recap on what's going on. The, the fight right now is with the Senate, and everybody needs to be vigilant about Reaching out, if you're nervous about calling, at least write them a letter. If you're nervous about writing a letter, send them an email. uh there's many ways to get in touch with them a lot of A lot of senators have like a little meet and greet too. uh they'll do that. Representatives generally do that a little bit more, but if if they have a meet and greet on a Friday, just go and say, "Hey, you know, kill this bill. This thing should never see the light of day. Three hundred and fifty one police chiefs are opposed to it." Uh, in every town in the state of Massachusetts, not to mention a 100 campus police chiefs are against it. Uh, so it's a bad bill. It's only going to jam up good people, and there's no reason for it. So hopefully uh, people will, will get that kind of call to arms and not rest until this thing is defeated once and for all.
0: Okay, and Toby, when we come back, we'll take all of the callers uh, and their questions for you. If you want to get on the lines, if you're listening right now and you want to talk to Toby, we've got a full segment for you coming up next, and the number is 844-500-4242. Plus, Howie Carr has a very, very big guest today, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that when we come back.
1: Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Um, Just a heads up, a programming note, the show that comes on right after this one, that would be the Howie Carr Show. He's got a very exciting guest. Jared, am I allowed to say who, or are we keeping this You absolutely are. Okay, the guest is former President Donald J. Trump. So you're not going to want to miss any of Howie's show that's coming up shortly. Uh, in the meantime, we're talking to Toby Leary for Two A Tuesdays. The number is 844- 542- 42. Uh, first, though, and I want Toby to vote on this as well, because even though we typically talk guns when Toby's on, he is a very wise person, and I would like his take on this. Today's poll question is brought to you by The Wellness Company. Howie we got the flu, the mailer manager got sick and some of our staff and clients have ha- had COVID all in the last month. So be prepared and get your emergency medical kit from the wellness company today. To learn more, go to twc.health/curly. When you use code curly, you save 10%. This poll question has already garnered a lot of votes. What is it, Jared, and what are the results thus far?
1: Today's poll question which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com is do you think the Social Security collection age should be raised to help keep it solvent?
0: I'm going to, before I say what I think, Toby, what do you think?
2: Uh, (laughs) I would say no, because I'm I'm, uh, looking forward to that day when I start collecting. No, just kidding. Not rushing that. But um, no, I think we could... Cut some other stuff somewhere else. So I would say no.
0: And Toby, I have another question for you. So let's say um, you were told, hey, Toby, you can take some of your Social Security at 62, but it's going to be 30% less than you'd get if you waited till you're 65. Are you going to wait till 65 or are you going to hop on in as early as you can?
2: I think if there was a difference, I'd have to wait, but that's just ridiculous if you ask me. Like you pay in. I, I heard Howie say, Oh, twenty years ago. I just wanna opt out. That would be the best thing that could happen to me in my world. Just let me opt out, keep that money, I'll pay into my own retirement account and I'll have it for when I retire. But unfortunately they don't let you do that. So now you look at what you paid into it and when the time comes to retire they're gonna to try to hold it from your tell you, Oh, you gotta wait another three years to have what is yours, you know. And I just don't think any government program is run very efficiently or well. So uh, the chances of me actually getting Social Security, I think, are slim to none anyway. But we'll see. You never know.
0: Yeah, one of of my callers earlier, Toby, said, well, you know, a, a lot of those very, very rich people, so let's say you max out... You make over or you put in over $100,000 and then you're not required to put in anymore. Someone like Bill Gates, for example, a lot of those people probably wouldn't want to take their Social Security if they could opt out of taking it. And then other people were texting in and going, nobody turns down free money. And I actually agree with that. I don't think even the wealthiest of the wealthy, and maybe I'm just being cynical, but free money is free money. Like, you're not going to fight right. them on it. And you're not going to say, oh, no, 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 don't give me that. So, yeah, the opting out is never an option. Um, Jared, what are the results? I'm voting no. I don't think it should be raised. I think, you know, whatever they told us, whatever they decided, they should keep.
1: 69% of the audience says no, 31% say yes.
0: OK, and again, the number is 844 Toby, another question that I wanted to ask you, or really just more of your take. We've been watching a lot of this footage of voters in New Hampshire, and oftentimes when they're asked what they care about, they say illegal immigration. They say the economy. But in New Hampshire, the Second Amendment comes into play in a big way. Have you looked into both of these candidates, Nikki Haley and Donald Trump, and what's your take on their stances on the Second Amendment? Nikki Haley specifically, if you have any feelings about her.
2: You know, honestly, I don't know enough about her position on the Second Amendment to really weigh in uh, one way or the other, and I should know that. Um, and the the truth of the matter is, I, I don't think she's got a chance. I've never seen a path for victory for any of those. And it was, yeah. I used to joke that it was a race for second place. And uh, so I would love it if she is a strong Second Amendment supporter, but being, being like what I see, she's very well influenced by a lot. Of, she is in the defense industry, you know, uh, so maybe she's got a <laughs> strong feeling about it one way or another. But I will say I've taken a Donald, Donald Trump to task a couple of times on uh, some of his uh, procedures and policies about firearms. And uh, he said some things that have really made me nervous uh, in the past, like go for the guns and ask questions later. And, and also uh, his banning of bump stocks after uh, the shooting in Las Vegas and he did that through um, executive privilege, if you will, or chevron deference with the ATF. and that to me is a backdoor gun ban that legislature never voted on. They never you know passed it and no executor ha- had ever signed it into law executive. Uh, branch of the government had signed it into law. So I hated all that that happened under the Donald Trump presidency. But he is the gift that keeps on giving. He gave us three Supreme Court justices. One is, you know, I know getting a lot of hate right now for what she did at the border yesterday. Um, but the the truth of the matter is the Second Amendment is uh, in better hands now after a Donald Trump presidency than it was prior to that and a lot of people like to point out that no gun control was passed under the Obama administration which is true however it wasn't for lack of trying it was just the Republican held Congress that was the uh, keeper of the of the right to keep and bear arms in that case but under the Trump presidency there was no legislation even proper there was however a lot of talk and I think he is a negotiator so when assault weapons bans and high capacity magazine bans and you know universal background checks are on the table and he could negotiate that to the point where they could take something like the bump stock which is a novelty item and you know throw that on the altar and sacrifice it to the gun control gods the problem with it is it set a bad precedent and here we are reaping the uh what was sown we have this arm brace Disaster, and we have a frame and receiver rule. Disaster, all this stuff that the ATF has done in the wake of the uh, bump stock ban. All that being said, he's still a guy I'm going to vote for, and I think his children are, you know, uh, Don Jr. and Eric are both very good supporters in the Second Amendment, and I think he looks at it more like a negotiation and a, something that needs to be, uh, you know, talked about and negotiated where. Most Second Amendment supporters say, no, this is a line in the sand that you should not cross. The, the, the Second Amendment says, shall not be infringed. There's no other amendment that says that. And, uh, you know, we've crossed that line and moved the goalposts. And now we're trying to restore our rights. And we don't need any politicians to even enter into that discussion and think that our rights can be legislated away or traded away for any type of uh, group that thinks they shouldn't be there so that's that's my take on it if I was running for president that would be my position but I'm not and uh hopefully um, he'll get some good advice because I think he got some really bad advice from the NRA about the bump stock thing uh when he was president and um yeah so that's that's my whole take but yeah the people in New Hampshire live free or die is a very serious serious subject matter to them they they take the second amendment very seriously there And, uh, I hope to, I hope to God they see the preservation of it by their choices in the polls as well. So it's a fight that we gotta continually be vigilant for.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I was reading a story in The New York Times recently, Toby, about the Second Amendment and how there are a lot of more liberal people out there who are starting to arm themselves and they're finding themselves in a little bit of a strange situation trying to decide who to vote for, because on one hand, they're more socially liberal, but then they realize that this this right that they have, that they now appreciate later in life, is in jeopardy. And uh, it's creating kind of a strange situation for a lot of voters. Uh, Let's go to the calls here. Patty, you're next up with Toby Leary. Go ahead, Patty.
3: Hi, Grace. I had a comment about the Social Security. I think rather than raising the eligibility rate, rate, they should raise the number of years one should work in order to get that benefit. Right now it's 10 years Maybe they could raise it up to twelve or thirteen or something. That's that an
0: interesting awesome. idea. Do you have a question for uh, Toby, and Patty? As, uh,
3: I never hear that discussed. Yes, Holy, so I wanted to ask about transferring a firearm on airplanes. Um, mm-hmm. I um, I had thought about bringing my when my dad passed away, he left a rifle, and I brought it. I thought about just bringing it home with me on the airplane, but I was afraid of it disappearing somewhere, you know, on the ramp or. Or, um, sure. Is it better to go through the standard procedure of getting it licensed through a dealer and then sending it UPS or something?
2: Well, you can do that. That's certainly secure, but you know that's going through the mail or UPS or FedEx, whereas if you think about travel, air travel, at least it's with you the whole time, whether it be in the belly of the plane or not. But What you do is it's actually pretty easy. You just want to get an airline-approved case for it. It's generally a hard case for a rifle, something that locks, and you're going to have to get some padlocks or some sort of lock-to-lock the case shut if it doesn't have built-in locks. And then you just declare it when you go check your bags. You declare it to have a firearm to declare. They have a card for you to fill out. That card has a reflective material in it, so when they X-ray it, they'll see that it's been declared. And then you just pick it up at the baggage claim on the other side, and it's actually pretty easy. I've done it a lot. It's pretty painless. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, I would probably just say keep it with you. It might be cheaper than shipping it across the country or wherever you're uh, shipping it from. But, um, yeah, pretty easy to do.
0: Thank you, Patty, and uh, thank you for the call and for the suggestion with Social Security. We will get back to that at some point in a later show because there was a lot of interest in that topic. Let's go to Harry. You're up next with Toby Leary. Go ahead, Harry.
2: Yeah, uh, Toby, I wanted to talk because I'm I'm buying a a Galil and uh, in the state, and I don't know why, the foldable or retractable stocks are outlawed and I don't know why, because it's not going to make the gun perform any lesser, any greater, with the stock extended or the stock uh, pin, whatever. I just want to know what what brought them on to, you know, to make this law that that a foldable and retractable stock are illegal. Good question. Well, it's a great question, and um, because Harry. Illogical people make gun laws <laughs> and they don't know what they're talking about or, you know, they don't know anything about it. And they think somewhere along the line, someone told them that folding stocks or collapsible stocks or bayonet lugs or flash hiders are all military style assault weapon features. So basically what it comes down to is after the assault weapons ban expired federally in 2004, Massachusetts made it permanent in uh, 1998. But, um, the, the truth of the matter is the, uh, the assault weapons ban expired in 19 in 2004. We, we, we still live under that federal assault weapons ban. And Diane Feinstein actually coined the phrase, I believe I'll attribute it to her cause I heard her say it. Uh, these are evil features on your gun, Harry. So if the stock folds or it's collapsible, it makes it more comfortable to shoot, uh, then it's considered an evil feature. And uh, so that you have to pin them, you have to weld them, you have to make sure they don't have all those quote-unquote evil features. But as you astutely point out, it doesn't change the gun at all. It's a features test. It just means, you know, it makes it actually easier to shoot it more controllably if it fits you well than if it doesn't, if you're you're not reaching for the controls and stuff like that. But that's the proof of what happens when, People who know nothing about firearms want to ban them at all costs. They will do whatever it takes. This is, they are in it for the long haul. They're not going to just say, oh, you can't, one day you'll wake up and you won't be able to buy a certain gun. No, they do it by features. They do it by, you know, named things like evil features. <laughs> and then, you know, that's just one of the bricks in the wall that has been very successful with at, uh, at banning guns in a lot of different states. I think there's seven or eight states like ours that have an assault weapon ban of some sort. So, yeah, unfortunately, any semi-automatic rifle with a detachable magazine has to be neutered for sale in Massachusetts by a manufacturer so that it can't have all those freedom features. (laughs) Hopefully that helps answer the question. It's not a good answer, but it is the answer. And, uh, you know, that's the unfortunate thing, is they, they will continually siege on our right to keep and bear arms at all costs.
0: Well, Toby, we do have a lot of people still on the lines, but we are out of time, unfortunately. We'll pick this up again next week on Two A Tuesdays. Can you tell people where they can follow you and uh, where they can actually find you at Cape Gunworks?
2: Yes. And this week, you can follow the avalanche of posts that will be coming from SHOT Show if you go to capegunworks.com. Follow us on our social media at Cape Gunworks. We're at Rapid Fire Radio. I'll be posting tons of updates. to Some great new guns came out. I'm standing in front of a Smith and Wesson booth as we speak, and they have a beautiful lever action rifle that hit the hit the market. Uh, the 1854. They held the original patent on that rifle, and they're going back to their roots. So, uh, pretty exciting stuff. I'll be doing tons of updates here, uh, live and and also on post, so you can follow the progress there. And you can also Come to the Cape Gunworks. We're open for business. We'd love to have you come visit us, shoot on our range, take a class, check out our showroom. Uh, we're right in Hyannis. And also, you can uh, visit us on the radio show, Rapid Fire Radio, uh, if you go to rapidfireradio.us. And uh, we are going to try to broadcast tomorrow from Vegas. Hopefully, that'll work. We're <laughs> no guarantees, but uh, hopefully, we can do that. If not, you'll definitely hear my voice. Hit the airways next week, and we have a new show on Sunday, Grace. Uh, WXDK ninety five one from noon to one, so you can follow that as well online or listen live on WXDK, and that's a call in show, live show. So looking forward to this Sunday, giving everybody the debrief of shot show.
0: All right, awesome. Thank you, Toby. We appreciate your time. We'll be right back with Howie Carr. Don't go anywhere.
1: You're listening to the Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show.
0: Welcome back, everyone. We are so excited to talk to Howie Carr, who has an exclusive interview. Howie, can you give us any little nuggets of what's to come when you interview Donald Trump? What can we expect?
1: You can expect him to call Fannie Willis, total sleaze. (laughs) How about that?
0: I like that. that. That's a good start. Yeah, Howie, I was able to listen to a little bit of your interview today, and you really didn't hold back. You asked him everything when it comes to the New Hampshire primary, and would you agree that he sounds pretty confident?
1: Yeah, I think he should be. I, I was just looking at something from the Daily Mail. They've also been running uh, tracking polls, and the, the guy was quoted as saying that uh, that Trump was up 40 points yesterday in their tracking poll. That's that's quite a that's quite a shift. You know, the uh, Suffolk uh, Globe poll only had him up. Go, Trump was up 10 points over the course of the week. Nikki was up one point, which I mean, which is enough for a 20 point win. You know, he's uh, more than 20 point win. But still, I mean, uh, that's it, it looks like things are heading his way.
0: Yes, I would definitely agree. And uh, we're we're very excited about tomorrow and bringing everyone the show about what happened in New Hampshire today on primary day. And by the way, Howie, one more thing. This Illinois councilman's making waves for suggesting a sign-up sheet for people in a wealthy neighborhood who want to take in illegal aliens. I just don't understand why this is making waves when you've been suggesting that for decades. Howie Carr, coming up next.